Hello, hello, welcome back to our Thursday Night Live and this is Peter. Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome back to our Thursday Night Live. Frankie here. How's everyone doing? Yeah. Now we are doing fine. Just type one in the comment for us, alright? And for our friends who are currently now, uh, buka puasaing. Mm. Yeah, enjoy Just yourself. your dinner, enjoy yeah. your food. Selamat Happy. berbuka puasa. Selamat berbuka puasa, yeah. yeah. And I was just uh, having my hair cut today and they were telling me that until now, uh, it's not decided what is the date for uh, Hari Raya yet. Uh, it could be 22nd of April, right? Yeah, so it's going to be a bit of a surprise Hari Raya apparently. Mm. Yeah, so let's see how things are going to be. But nonetheless, today's topic is definitely one that is very, very interesting mm. because we are talking about... Whether is it possible that USD mm. loses its dominance, right? Uh, yes, correct. Uh, I think the world is just a very, very messy place right now. <laughs> I, I mean, ever since the World War II, you know, everyone has come to this new world order whereby the US becomes the new superpower. And because they are the world largest economy, so therefore people would keep their, keep their currency as reserve currency. And people were living quite comfortably and very certainly of what to expect in That's the past right. 70 over years. And because of that as well, uh, USD became something that has uh, a lot of power over other nations' financial market. Mm. For example, uh, once the Fed, which is the central bank of US, says anything, it will create a whole financial ripple globally, right? Correct. Yeah, it's not like if BNN says something... Uh, I mean, uh, just no Russia, get, Russia. get affected. Mm. No one else get affected, you know. Uh, but in US, if anything happens, it becomes a global incident straight away. Mm. Uh, literally, you will see that if Malaysian ringgit, uh, if you see US market goes up, Malaysian market goes up. You know, these kind of things happen. Yep. Yep. And definitely the idea of losing the grip of USD in the global financial scene uh, can be a rather scary one. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about the first thing itself. If yeah. if if US dollar loses its power, mm. uh, what do you think are some of the effects that we'll see globally? Uh, number one, uh, let's go from the very very fundamental. Now, people use US dollar. One of the reasons is because it's convenient, right? Like say, for example, you live in Thailand, you use Thai baht. I'm a Malaysian. I use Malaysian ringgit. But if I were to trade with Thai, it becomes very messy. What's your exchange rate? What's my exchange rate? Hey, the point something something, uh, it may look small, right? But if the contract value is, let's say, two billion, then, mm -hmm. then that, that small little decimal point, it's very significant. So when you have a common currency like US dollar, uh, then that will take away all this mess, <laughs> la, right? Say, for example, oh, this cup is worth one US dollar. Then to the Thai guy, it's worth one US dollar. To the Malaysian guy, it's also worth one US dollar. So mm -hmm. very easy to trade. So That's that is right. at the very um, layman level. Lah. That's right. So uh, basically, since world currency, world trades are usually conducted by USD as the standard uh, currency, I think about 88% or more than 80% of world trade is actually conducted in USD. So mm. the question is that how did this actually even start? Right? Mm. How did this even happen? And all of it have to go back to World War II. Wow, these few weeks we keep talking about World War Two. Eh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, the truth is, whenever there's a threat war or like really a big war that has happened, mm. it it really does change the whole global scenario. Yeah, it's like a reset like that. That's right. So, uh, let's go back to 
World War II itself, right? Mm. Uh, it was very simple. During that time, when many countries were involved in the war, everyone had to use their money to fund the war. They have to uh, build more tanks, they have to build more bullets, armor, you know, and stuff like that, fund the war, fund their army, and things like that. So what happened is that all these countries actually detached their currency from gold, mm. yeah, which was actually the early gold, golden standard right, mm. of trade. That's why they called it the golden standard. Literally, that, that's how it came about, right? The golden standard. Mm. Now, uh, what happens is that when that time, when they, de when they depacked their currency from gold itself, uh, US, who was not involved in the world, was the biggest buyer of gold. So mm. they just keep buying, 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 buying all the gold. And then eventually, they have so much of gold in the world. And when the war ended, they came up with something called Bretton Woods Agreement. Uh, when the world wanted to trade again, they said, hey, since you're all now going to trade, right? And then when you're trade, you're also... No standard, ma, right? Huh? Mm. Who's going to trust whose currency? Uh, why not like that? La? You'll pack everything against USD. Mm. Uh, when you pack your everything against USD, what happens is that my currency becomes the standard. And since my currency, USD, is being packed against gold, well, you are indirectly packing against gold. Mm. And that was how it started. Yeah, And because of that, world started trading USD. USD started traveling all across the world yeah. outside of US itself. Yeah. Yeah. So what this means is that during that time, if let's say, uh, uh, even until today, right? If let's say you uh, Malaysia trades with Singapore, we trade in USD. If Malaysia trades with uh, Africa, mm. we trade in USD. Or either Thai trade with Taiwan, yeah? Mm. Uh, they are going to do their exchange in USD. And after that, you use USD, convert back to your own currency. Yes, uh, correct. Like that, that way, then everything is safe. But because of that as well, every single country in the world will have USD in their reserve because whenever I need a trade, I need to use USD. Yeah. Mm. So put, to put it in layman terms, uh, suppose you are a professional who always need to travel to Singapore for business treatment. Then I would, I would assume naturally in your bank account or in your wallet, right, you always have a certain amount of Sing dollar. That's right. Why? It's because since you travel there so often and you need to use Sing dollar to do transaction in Singapore, might as well keep a portion of your wealth in Sing dollar so you don't need to every day go to the uh, booth to uh, exchange your ringgit to Sing dollar. Mm. So at the country level, it's the same. Since I'm going to buy oil, I'm going to buy crude palm oil, I'm going to buy gold, I'm going to buy aluminium and all those things in US dollar, I might as well keep some US dollar. Mm. And therefore, in central banks all around the world, they all keep a lot of US dollar. And most of them keep at least 50% or sometimes even more in US dollar. So the originary or the origination of how USD came to become the world's uh, dominant currency, the number one thing is actually trade. Mm. Yeah. And that's the reason why you keep hearing things like trade war. Yeah. Because anyone who understands how to play this game, you have to understand the only way to topple USD is via trade. You win the trade war, you win the currency game as well. Yes. That is how it goes. But in the past, the trade wars were not centered around a currency play. It mm. was usually just to win as a nation, mm. uh, but it is still in USD. So what happened for US, right? It was a very happy one. Because let's say uh, A and B fight, but you're fighting in USD, right? So either way, who wins also I win because you hold my money. <laughs> ma. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. <laughs> You buy tanks, you buy all the steel to make weapons, you still use USD. Correct. So mm. whoever fight also USD, so they are pretty happy with that. So no problem. And for a very, very long time, they have actually been established 
as the world dominant currency, it became such a such a common thing, right? Mm. Yeah, that that we are so used to it, we won't even think about toppling the the USD as a currency. Mm. It's just safe to have it as that. It was so safe that even uh, when in the seventies, when Richard Nixon, their president, actually depacked USD from gold, people have no choice anymore. Yeah, people just like. <laughs> Oh, okay, oh. like uh-huh. what can I do, right? Yeah, yeah we our, all our trade is in is in USD. And right now, if let's say all of us say we don't want USD, right? Mm. Because you're D-Pack, uh, mm. we start throwing away USD, uh, mm. then USD will, will, will crash. And if it crash, mm. I also got a problem as a country. Yes. Because then means if let's say uh, 80% or 50% of my money is in USD, right? And it devalues by 30%, uh, eh, I'm going to be in huge trouble. Mm. Huge, huge, huge trouble. Yeah, so no one wants to shake this boat. That is how it works. Mm. In fact, for a very long time, China also didn't really quite shake this boat. Uh, mm. I would say, even when you talk about Saudi, right? They hold the commodities in the world. They also don't bother shaking this boat. Yeah, as long as everyone makes money, why go and shake the boat? Why go and create trouble, right? So yeah. might as well everybody grow prosperously together. So mm. that was the point. Yes, mm. and for US, the benefit is whatever that's going to be happening around the world, they benefit from it. Because even they are not involved in your trade within, uh, let's say, Saudi and China or Saudi and uh, Euro. As long as you buy oil in USD, yeah. well, they benefit, mm. right? That, that's just how it works for them. So everything was kind of happy. Lah, huh? Happy, lah, mm. open quote. Lah, mm. happy. Now, then along came when everything changed was... Our dear white hair man Trump. <laughs> Not our white hair man, uh, huh? the US white hair man. Yeah. <laughs> the world's white hair man, uh, put it that way, la, right? Yeah. yeah. And he decided to declare a war on 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 China, mm. right? Obama's administration was uh, let us all just be happy, you yeah. know, uh, let's grow together, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each one take a step back and stuff like that. But when Trump came in, he no, no, thank you. You know, yeah. let's make fight. America great again. Yes. That was his slogan, right? Now, and all of you may be wondering, like, why, why make America great again, right? Um, this comes down to the next part of the thing. Uh, because USD became the world's global currency, there's actually certain effects to US itself. Mm. And what are these effects? Number one, with world putting more reserve in USD and it being the, the currency that everyone wants whenever market is bad, anything, you just use USD, like like mm. Myanmar, you know, all this Vietnam. People trade in USD, people don't care, people don't even want their, their local currency, right? Mm. Yeah. And what happened is that because more and more demand for USD, USD goes up. Because if it, and what happens is that because of it going up, it becomes more expensive for people to do manufacturing in US. Yeah, correct. Labor becomes more expensive. Mm-hmm. Not so much that their price of labor increase, but on a global standard, your value increase. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it's hard for their local business to grow. Yeah, as a consequence of that, we have also seen already is that a lot of all these US co- uh, companies, they move out all this manufacturing to other places that are cheaper. They go to China, they go to Vietnam, they came to Malaysia and Thailand and all these kind of places. And their, their economy turned into a service-based economy. One reason is because of this currency issue. Lah. Because their currency became so strong, nobody can afford to buy their stuff. That's right. Then the only way for them to survive is number one, allow the corporation to go offshore, mm. to leave their nation and go and manu- set up their manufacturing elsewhere. But because of that also, it pushes their people to 
be smarter, you know, and also in a way, the government also have to provide facilities to make their people smarter and move up the value chain itself. Now, again, this comes down to a few other things as well. What makes a global currency or a global reserve to have its quality that people want to store it? Mm. Now, number one is that it has to be very liquid. Mm. It means that I can anytime take it out. I yeah. can buy and sell anytime I want. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And this is where, if you think about it, US stock market is the world largest stock market. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So if you want to go in with USD, exit USD, that's the place you go. Mm. That's the place you go. It becomes like a really a marketplace. That, that literally is what US is. Right. Uh, on the other hand as well, uh, there is also a lot of laws that governs the right of investors and the people there. Mm. Therefore, people dare to put their money there. Mm. Yeah? The uh, trust. And, uh. Yes. Mm. And, and the law is stated so well that ultimately, even government cannot violate it. A government can get sued if they go against such law. Mm. Well, uh, this is an exception for uh, Switzerland, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this is a topic for another day, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a shocker, right? Mm. That was a shocker. No one expected Swiss to do that. Uh, but the point is, um, it, it is supposed to be so secure and so stable that that you won't you won't be scared now when you put your money there. Mm. Uh, and so that includes like land rights, you know, everything all and so on. So the thing is that there is this big question right now: who can actually? challenge, right, this USD. And is it possible? Because right now what's happening is ever since US-China trade war has been going on, hmm. uh, Russia attack, Ukraine, we can see one thing is this. China and Russia is combining up and they're hmm. trying to create their own currency hmm. doing this whole BRICS thing where yep. they're all going to gather together and they're going to trade in one currency. Yep. France have already said that they're going to buy petrol uh, by oh, they oil. have completed the first oil transaction in Chinese yuan. Yes, that's yeah. what's being said, right? Mm. They have completed their first transaction in Chinese yuan. And uh, Saudi is saying that they will be doing it. Uh, I mean, so far, Saudi has already said that they will accept, but I'm not sure if there's a, any existing record of them mm. buying uh, or selling oil in actually Chinese yuan. Uh, that, mm. That's the question mark. Uh, we didn't go into so in-depth, right? But you can see what is happening here is that China is trying to do one thing or all these countries are trying to do one thing. Let us start by controlling the trade. Because put it this way, global trades conducted in USD is already more than 80%. Mm. Any other currency is way, 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 way behind. Mm. Way, 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 way behind. So you, you can't suddenly change the currency because like we say, right? If let's say you convince everyone to ditch USD, the question is who's going to buy USD? Yeah everyone's going to get hurt, right? Mm. If let's say China come in and say, hey, uh, Malaysia, why not you sell all your USD, right? And then uh, you just swap it to uh, yeah. China. Mm. Then mm. Malaysia may say, uh, okay, can I sell to you? Oh, that is right? a very dangerous okay. move. But you think, uh, if Malaysia says sell to you, right? Every country will be panicked already, you yeah. know? Then the, the currency will selling. devalue. Correct. And then China will promise to buy it over, right? They are going to be the biggest loser. Mm. So it doesn't make sense to kill myself just to, just to kill my enemy, right? Mm. <laughs> it's a kamikaze move. Yeah, so it's pointless. One. So no one is going to do that. Yeah. So that's why the first place that they start attacking or start moving is actually in the area of trade. Now, uh, here I always like to bring up the story of Robert Kwok. Oh, what about him? Yeah. Uh, remember I was talking about the banana currency? Uh -huh. uh, so uh, Robert Kwok, 
uh, at what point when during the Japanese occupation, he was working for a Japanese company. Yeah, uh, he hated the Japanese, but uh, I mean, no choice. Uh, you have to make a living at the time. So uh, he was working for this Japanese company as much as he didn't like it. But uh, he, he gained the favor of the boss. So before the boss left, when before they surrendered to 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 UK to the British, yeah. uh, to the British, then he actually said like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we got a lot of rice, we got a lot of cigarettes and everything. All uh, whatever banana money you got, which is the currency during the Japanese occupation, give it all to me because tomorrow when we announce the surrender, it's gonna be worth zero. Mm. It's gonna be worth zero immediately. So that's a global reset. Mm. It, it's just a like World War Two. I mean, it was World War Two, right? Mm. Yeah. So a global reset, and he said that you take all these things." And then whatever currency you come by, you just take. Okay, so it's the same situation in terms of like um, uh, uh, Saudi and whatnot because they control the commodity. So mm. they're not scared. They're not scared because whatever it is, you need this stuff. Yep. Right? That's why country with natural resources have an advantage to start with, such as Malaysia. And Singapore doesn't have the advantage because mm. they got nothing. Um, okay, like there's another story that how they go to be so big. Uh-huh. But the point is, when you got natural resources, you got nothing to be afraid about. Now, so Robert Kwok actually has all this uh, commodity and he start trading in whatever currency that was available during the time. And because of that, he became very rich, mm. right? Now, so the first thing is this. How are you going to convince other people to use your money? That is actually the first game, right? And we can see that when they talk about bricks, when they talk about all these other things. Yep. Now, but there is a concern, right? When we talk about China, Mm. Uh, if let's say China can convince everyone to use their trade, mm. Mm, do you think people will really dare to buy a lot of China yuan? Uh, at this point, it is very hard to convince the vast majority to use Chinese currency as the reserve currency. The reason is very simple. Now you see, right, going back to the US, US is a capitalist economy, right? That's right. So it's free trade. At, the, the value of US dollar is determined by demand and supply of the currency. But in China, things is very different. The government controls the government, controls the currency. So if the government say, today I want my Chinese yuan to be worth 100 US dollar, then tomorrow, one Chinese <laughs> yuan will be worth 100 US dollar. <laughs> then tomorrow he wake up, he's not so happy. Ah, yeah, 100 US dollar too expensive. I think 70 enough. Lah. Okay, tomorrow 70 dollar. Then it will become 70 dollar. Now, if, if the world trade is going to depend on one person to say that what is going to be the currency price the following day, it's going to be, it's going to be a chaos. Lah. It's going to be a chaos. That's right. That's yeah, right. So for that reason itself, it's very difficult to say that, oh, China, Chinese yuan is going to overtake US dollar to become the dominant currency. Yes. Mm. Some of you now might be wondering, uh, isn't that not too different from the facts, right? Because they just need to announce uh, interest rate increase or decrease, you know, stuff like that. Well, the truth is, it's very different mm. because USD in Fed's eye, they don't actually control the value of USD. Mm. All they do is they play with basic economics by yes. telling you uh, the interest rate go up or go down. You make the decision yourself. Yeah. So, so put the it this way, right? Yeah. There's still a chance for me to predict. But yeah. China, nothing predict. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So what the Fed is doing is they, they, they influence the demand and supply. Yes. Uh, see, yeah. when interest rate is up, oh, it's good to keep US dollar as FD, right? Because they pay more interest. Then it creates demand for US dollar and therefore US dollar go up. Yes. Yeah. So in a way, it is not great as well. It's bad. Mm. Yeah. But it is not 
written in stone that is bad. So it's a slightly better alternative than someone who can just determine what's a value mm. immediately because then you got nothing run. You can't control on your side. It's just kowtow, you know, just yeah. yes, okay, fair, you know. Mm. Now, the second issue is this, the laws, right? When we talk about US, uh, if you are a Malaysian, you can buy a land in US. You can buy a house in US. It's mm. not a problem. Right? And if let's say the government is not very happy, can they just say, hey, we chase out all the foreigners, you cannot own the land here? No, cannot. They cannot do that because the government is not above law. That is how it goes in that country, right? Mm. But in China, <laughs> <laughs> again, it's very different. <clears throat> so, uh, how's China's uh, view of property rights there? Uh, not just property right, it's every single right, right? Uh, if they don't like somebody, you know, Jack Ma can go missing for two, three years. Uh, <laughs> so that's the point. La. Yeah, <laughs> so you can see, right, in China, when we talk about land rights itself, why land rights is very important? Uh, because you think about it, uh, ultimately, when you trust in a currency, you're also trusting in the country. And what's the biggest asset of a country? The land. Mm. One of the biggest assets is the land, right? Yeah. So if I can own the land there, then it doesn't matter what you do. I own the land there and whatever you're going to transact, whether is it banana or whether is it apples, it's okay. Mm. I still own the, the commodity. That's the point. Yep. Right? I still own the commodity in that sense. Right? Um, but in China, there is no such thing as you own the land. Mm. Government always own the land. Yeah. You only own the rights of using the land. Which means that you don't own the land. Simple as that. You don't own anything in China. You don't own anything. Nothing belongs to you. Nothing belongs to you. Mm. So if let's say, government say, I want to change to uh, 70 for $1, you know, they say like that, okay, you you can't say that, I still have land here, no? Then you make sure uh, that land, you pay me this amount. No, they can say that tomorrow onwards, you have no right of using this land. So see you, Saranara, goodbye. Mm. Then you're like, oh my goodness. (laughs) All my money again. Gone, right? That's mm. the thing. And the second biggest commodity today in the country is actually businesses. Yeah, mm. And here is where, again, China or even Russia, right, who are socialist country, has a very different view of business, mm. right? Yeah. And when we talk about business in China, it is much more restricted. As we have seen, uh, Didi was listed in... In, 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 in NASDAQ in immediately. NASDAQ. They got banned in China. You yeah. Know? And what they yeah. did is they just straight away say, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to operate here. Mm. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> just sayonara. Goodbye. Mm. Alibaba, they don't like. Now they are talking about breaking it to eight companies and, mm. and you know, gonna gonna uh gonna gonna lease in eight companies so government six, can still six control six yeah. country uh six companies, companies yeah. so government can control but us uh they have been talking about demonopolizing google and all this big tech talk until today also haven't do yet right? Mm. right because they're still lost that that's just how it works so what happened is as another country going into your country and holding your currency all this gives me the security to hold it it gives me the security to own business there, mm. which is the reason why I need your currency. Think about it this way, right? If I set up my HQ in US, what happens is I will need USD. If I set up my company in Singapore, I will need SGD. Mm. That's just how it works. But you don't give me the confidence to do all these things in your place. What's going to happen? There's no reason for me to hold it. Yep. There's no reason for me to hold it. And if I hold it, I'm just holding a piece of paper that has no... I have nothing in control over you. Mm. Uh, it is unlike in US, right? If let's say China holds, uh, uh, have, have companies in the US and mm. you hold USD, if they say something about their USD, this and that, you can always just tell them, hey bro, my company there is a few billion, you know, I'm going to withdraw this whole thing. Mm. 
I'm going to withdraw this whole thing. I'm going to crash it for you. Yeah. They also scared. They're Correct. not going to play this game with you. They also takut because you have something that, that they need as well. Mm. But in China, they don't need you at all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like, please go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are like, they're like, oh, you all hold this against me. Uh. Well, it's okay. See you, Jack Ma. Take care. <laughs> that, that's literally what happened, right? Mm. Now, Jack Ma wasn't even challenging their, 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 their currency, right? Mm. It is literally just saying that, hey, you are not changing fast enough, you know? Mm. Uh, maybe he got a little bit cocky and whatnot, right? But that's the point. China don't need you. China don't need you. That, that's the point there. And US, on the other hand, they are, they are willing to give up that independence, right? So it is also about that. And, and because of that, you notice that today US economy, it, it's, put it this way, they're willing to screw their own people over, right? Just to hold on to their dominance. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do I mean by that, right? Very simple. Because of USD keep going up, if let's say you are a country today, if, if, your, if your currency keep going up, therefore you lose your manufacturing ability, uh, chances are you want to bring it down so that business remain here and your people got job, right? But what mm. did US do? No. Oh. I'm willing to sacrifice. I don't care if unemployment is going to go up. I'm going to make sure the currency is at a controllable level. Yeah. yeah. So see you. Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah. Please go out. Mm. Right. And what they did is, okay, look, so you have more jobs, right? What we mm. do, we privatize the, the, all this government stuff. Let's mm. privatize it. Uh, and because of that, then their, their corporation gain more money. They can gain better margin. And that's why drug, just talk about their, their healthcare industry itself, right? It's crazy. The same drug that you can get in Malaysia for five bucks, there is going to be a few hundred bucks. Eh? Mm. Yeah. And, and that's what they are willing to do. That, that's one of the reasons that I'll never migrate to, to, to US, honestly. Yeah, yeah mm. it's, it's, it's really not a good place to live, in my opinion. Mm. In my opinion. Yeah, going there, work, you know, enjoy yourself for a while. Okay, but leave there. No, thank you. I think it's a country that F their own people over. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that's that kind of extent that they are willing to do, right? to actually secure that dominance. Mm. Yeah. But is any other country willing to do that? No. Too much of a hassle. Too much of yeah. a hassle, right? Correct. Yeah. You probably lose your, 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 your leadership position as a government uh, before you can even secure the rights. But, but US is okay. They are willing. <laughs> Somehow... They have come up with this ultimate way, uh, also in the same place, same time. Uh, I mean, the right place, right time that allowed them to actually build this kind of system. Mm. So then we all know this one thing, right? Having said that until now, is that it is not that possible for China or actually Russia to actually challenge mm. uh, USD to become the global dominance. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> but I believe that over time, they can probably chip away the USD dominance by controlling more and more world trade. Yeah. Uh, making more and more alliances is the first way to go about. So therefore, you can see the Chinese government keep on meeting all the leaders all around the world, especially in Asia-Pacific side, to, to, to build that relationship with all these countries. And then perhaps one day he would come out and say, hey, since we all are friends right, and we are big enough, you see all our GDP add up together, can overtake US already, why not we come up with our own Asia currency? Mm. Uh, then yeah. by that time, maybe it's possible because it's worth it to do it. That's right. Which leads us to the next thing. Mm. This is not the first time in the world where we are talking about another new global currency. 
Asia currency is not the first time being talked about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Argentina, all those talking about their currency is not the first time, right? Uh, Frankie, when, when it comes to this, like you've already heard many of these kind of news, right? Mm. From uh, every time they say like that, why is it not pushed through? And, and what do you see over the years? How many times has this been suggested? Okay, uh, let's let's not talk about how many times it is being suggested and whatnot. Let's just go with one case study. La. So right now, apart from US dollar be, being the dominant currency, right? I think the next biggest currency, it's obviously the euro, right? And euro is made up of countries of, I can't remember how many, 20 over, 20 over or 30 over countries. And they all trade using one same currency, right? It seems like a very ideal situation, mm. right? Everybody grow together, everybody prosper together. There's no restriction on trades. Uh, Spain can trade with Germany, can trade with Greece. Very happy. That's right. Yeah. But the problem with having a single currency in an environment, in a geographical environment whereby you have countries that is very, very advanced like Germany. At the same time, you also have economies that are so backward like Greece, Italy, Spain, that is at the verge of bankruptcy. <laughs> so then when it comes to the euro currency from outsider's perspective like us, right? Then... Is euro actually a strong currency or is it actually a weak currency? So therefore, it cannot give that ultimate confidence like US dollar to say that, hey, US dollar, I know it's going to be like this. The Fed is going to be there to make sure one dollar is one dollar. Mm. Ah, therefore, I'm very certain that I can sleep at night. Yeah. But euro today, oh, Germany, very good. EV, very good. Or BMW, Mercedes, trade very good. But tomorrow, wake up, Greece is going to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> so... When you, when you bring that situation back to any parts of the world, right? At any parts of the world who tries to form that new single currency, that one big problem will be that. You have countries, you have economies that are so, so, so far advanced like China. China is the world's second largest economy. And you have all the mediocre economies like maybe Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand. And you have some very, very poor countries as well. Yep. So if you add all these things together... I don't think it's strong enough to challenge the US dollar dominance. Huh? That's right. I thought it was very good that you brought up Euro as a very good case study, mm. right? Uh, it was actually, in fact, when Euro was first, first formed, right? Um, many people thought that it would end up challenging the USD. Mm. Yeah, and, and US was rather afraid about it. But true enough, over time, we actually look at it. Uh, number one, US already got a dominance in trade partnership. Mm. Number two, world global currency, they already have a dominance there. Uh, number three, Euro ultimately at the end of the day they are not one country so just to actually make one change right you need to go through don't know how many countries yeah, every country must agree that only it Correct. can go through yeah so so end of the day it, it is very very hard to actually to it's not convenient to make it that one strong currency mm. yeah so that was one thing itself and geographically if you think about it Euro is also right beside Russia Mm. It's right, you know, smack in the middle of all these different countries. And if you talk about the threat of war and anything, they are the number one, they are going to gonna earn. Yeah, because yeah. they are in the middle. They're right in the middle. <laughs> you you want to go and fight anywhere, so they are the first one to die, mm. right? Like UK also, same thing. But the main war wasn't happening in UK. Mm. The main war was happening in Central Europe itself mm. because that is where things start fighting. That's the, you know, your left, right is all other country, you know, left, right, up, down is all other country. Now, if you look at, uh, look at US, I mean, they are there. There's only up there Canada. And Canada mm. is 
Good well, friend, uh. good friend. <laughs> good Hi, <neighbor>. take care, <laughs> and they don't care. You know how mm. people say about Canadians, right? They mm. they're very chill. They don't care, right? And down there, if you want to attack from bottom to up, uh, again, the place is very small. Mm. It's a choke point. Yeah, it's very easy to guard that place. The only thing they need to worry about is C, mm. right? So it's and it's hard to attack via C to a certain extent, right? So it is geographically protected, uh, but. Europe is in such a weird position that it is it's not really a country, it has different kind of administration. It, it's kind of like, right, today, if let's say, uh, M- Malaysia, we have, we have so many states, right? If Malaysia one day say, okay, we want to go for world dominance, but one state is very, 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 very poor, mm. the people within there will make noise already. Yeah. Before you can go out and fight other people, you're inside already, fight A. Mm. <laughs> so, so forget about it. It's, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. So then this comes on to the next question, right? Aside from Euro, it can't challenge. Um, China also is going to be hard to challenge. China actually can challenge, but they're a so- socialist country. Mm. So you don't own anything. So it, it really doesn't give people this. Literally, if you use their currency, right? Then you might as well just be called China, lah, put it this way. Mm. That, that, that's a whole idea behind. Yeah, yeah. If you use China currency, you must as well just change your name to China. Mm. Yeah, that, that's how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, Russia is the same thing. Yeah, so so forget about it. No one is gonna give away their 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 what do you call that? Kadaulatan or uh, sovereignty. Sovereignty. Yeah, no one is gonna give away that, right? Mm. So then the next question is that which country is willing to serve as this player in the market? Now, um, before we go into the next one, which is crypto, we're gonna talk about it definitely. Mm. Yeah, is <clears throat> I we were actually just discussing about this, right? Yeah. Uh, and the answer that we came up with. Is likely India, number one, yeah, uh, Singapore and mm. Australia, mm. yeah. So Frankie, <laughs> you want to share a little bit of why which country out of these three do you think has the most biggest potential to challenge? Yeah. Okay. So uh, just now we have pointed out all the criteria to become a world dominant economy, world dominant currency, right? So out of the three um, countries that you pointed out, I think the potential one could be India. Because number one, India got the largest population. <laughs> so I just need to spread around out across the world and everybody bring one, one, one rupee together with them. <laughs> you can already, you have, you have world dominance already, right? Very easy. And number two, they also have land uh, and uh, all these kind of things. But the thing is that um, the Indian economy is not there yet. So they are not, they are not steady enough to say, I can go out and, and do what I need to do. That's right. So it's very easy to fall. And therefore, I think they wouldn't think about doing that. That's right. Then it That's comes right. to Australia. The, uh, the Australian economy is the total opposite. In terms of economy, they're very strong. They have very strong uh, natural resources. Uh, they, they are self-sustained. They are very good. But most of the land is desert. Mm. They got no people. So when you need people, then yeah, unless they can attract everyone around the world to go to Australia to start up their business and do trades and things like that, using Australia as the hub of the world, then it could possibly happen. Yep. But the challenge is, Australia is at one corner of the world map. It's very <laughs> far away from everybody. So it becomes very inefficient to do business there. So therefore, it's also very hard. That's Number right. three, Singapore. Uh, Singapore is a financial hub, very good, a lot of money. Money flows in and out every day over there. Uh, but the problem with Singapore is it's very small. Mm. It's too small. It is a city, it is not a country. Uh, well, it is a country, but it is a city-state. Yep. Too small. So they don't have the 
the ability to pull it off. Lah. That's right. Uh, but so it falls back to that scenario whereby, so the only possible, in my opinion, it's a combination of a few powers together and create that one currency. Mm. And on and off, we keep hearing different, different blocks coming out, new blocks coming out. You have the South American block. You have the Middle Eastern block. You have the BRICS block. And now, you know, our Prime Minister also trying to do something over here. That's right. You know, that kind of things. So now I think is to see which blocks will come out to be the dominant. Mm. But, but one point here is that if you notice, right, all these blocks, right, most of them got Chinese and Russia participation. Also. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, if you look at it, right, for me, in my opinion, when I, when I look at all these three countries that I think there's a possibility as well, uh, just like you say, uh, India, I think that the only issue is that their government is too much of issue also, their mm. economy too much of issue. They do have natural resources, but uh, they're not there yet. They are just not there to go out and fight yet. China is, uh, like we say, their issue is the other way around. But Singapore, Singapore is definitely very, 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 very potential. Very, very. But Singapore also got one thing. Their goal is not world dominance. Their goal is actually very simple. <laughs> Our people are rich. Mm. So they're more like the Swiss in mm. a way. Yeah, they're more like the Swiss. But they respect the law a bit more, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> they so, don't cancel 81 yeah, bonds. Right? Yeah, they don't cancel 81 bonds. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Singapore, on the other hand, is too small. So what happens is that Singapore as a country need to grow, right? The only way to grow is actually collaborate. Is to actually go to another country set up their factory, factory manufacturing plant and everything all. Uh, that's their only way. And once they go go out of there, they need to use other people's currency again. Mm. So very hard. Singapore, very hard. You need to first control uh, resources one. That's why you notice, right? All these big superpowers, uh, they usually have at least one or two very big natural resources. Mm. Like if they America. don't have, they keep buying. Remember right. last year, China kept buying gold. They were keep buying oil and gas. Correct. Last year. Yeah. And China is one of the biggest coal suppliers. Don't mm. forget. Yeah, so it's like you need to have some sort of natural resources. So uh, Australia actually is a very, very good position. Uh, Australia is very, very good position. But Australia, number one, their population is not much. Mm. It's a very small market, actually. Yeah, number two, uh, I think Australian culture is also very peaceful. Uh. Mm. They are a bit like, yeah, hippie. <laughs> very <laughs> happy, you know? Yeah, uh, and like, like what Frankie said, a lot of the lands there are actually desert land. <laughs> so again, it's going to be hard for for. Yeah, like it's going to be hard. Lah. Not, not many things. They have enough oil. Yeah? Mm -hmm. But they are also sitting in one whole far corner. They don't even have a neighboring country except New Zealand. Mm. And even New Zealand is like, you need to travel. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's like, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough for them. So this kind of thing, right? Makes these three countries a bit hard. Now, ASEAN block and all these different kind of blocks that we are talking about here has this one very big problem again because everyone depends on one Taiko, China. Yes. And because your Taiko is going to be China, then again, you rest on the same issue, which is security, social uh, socialism, mm. right? Uh, people don't really own that, that thing. So Im imagine you're following a Taiko that you cannot really, really trust. Mm. Yeah, imagine you can't really trust your boss. Do you think that's going to be a very, very good? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why always it's been like, form, then leave there, then form, mm. then... Correct. Correct, yeah. correct. So it's it's always like that. So so we are not saying that it cannot happen. I think it can happen, but it's gonna really, really take a very, very, very long time. Mm. I I feel actually the world is moving backwards. 
Like if you can recall before US dollar becomes the dominant uh, currency, how did people trade? There's no one uniform currency. Everybody had to use their own currency and go and exchange to the counterparty currency and do trades over there. And this is what is happening again. Mm. Right? Uh, so if I want to buy uh, Chinese oil, I have to use Chinese yuan and things like that. So we are going backwards. Things are getting more and more inefficient. So I really don't know where this is bringing us to. Yep. So this led us to the next question that everyone is definitely asking. Can cryptocurrency become the next world dominant currency? Mm. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about this, Frankie? Uh, now, you see, when we talk about currency for the past 45 minutes, right? Actually, what we are talking about is power. The balance of power. Uh, but if you, the, the problem with cryptocurrency is that for all these governments, you give up your power. <laughs> so are the governments ready to give up their power? If they are, then yes, problem solved tomorrow immediately. Everybody start to use Bitcoin. No more problem, no more war. That's right. Uh, yeah. But mm, this is not going to happen, right? So therefore, I don't think I, I don't think there is very high chance for cryptocurrency to be what. But nonetheless, because trades using different currency is very troublesome. So if let's say, for example, you can create crypto pairs between Bitcoin and different currencies, then it's very easy to use that Bitcoin to do a bridge between the two currencies. Uh, then that could help to facilitate trades. But that's all its function is, is to facilitate trades. But it will not be the central currency to say that, okay, I want to buy this cup with one Bitcoin. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But even with that, there's this huge problem because Bitcoin is not stable enough. Yes, so you exactly. So you do not want to have a pair and suddenly you you swap it over and then, <laughs> then the value drop, you know? Mm. Then, then you're going to have a huge problem. So a lot of people are saying that maybe the next thing that can actually go about is actually USDT, right? Mm. But the name itself already tells you what is it like. USDT. <laughs> USDT. La. So what is it backed by? Yeah. USD. It has to be backed by USD or either properties or whatnot, right? Mm. Again, it is backed by something. It has to be backed by something. And when it goes to the something, it either goes to commodity or land. Yeah. And commodity or land is very often commodity trade in USD. Mm. Land traded in, I mean, global land trade to a certain extent, also mm. local currency and, and a mixture of USDT. Yeah. 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 So, well, end of the day, it is still strongly favorable on the USD side. Yeah. And to a certain extent, right, I feel like US can just very easily say, oh, we are going to change everything into USDT so that it is more transparent. Mm. Then people suddenly have much more confidence in it. But at the moment you are changing back USD, again, they can control it. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's literally what they did, right? If you actually think about the, the last round during the SVB crisis, mm. right? the whole banking crisis time, remember for close to two weeks, USDT was like 1.01, mm. right? And uh, immediately when all these things settled, the first thing that, that US came out with is we are going to sue Binance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, they, are, they are using their power to pressure all this upcoming new trend. Yeah. So once they, once they say we are going to sue Binance, immediately USDT fall back down to $1. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So then again, the thing is this. It, it still comes down to regulation because no matter what, you are living in a place, ultimately, you see, money uh, is not about owning money, you know, because... You just look at Swiss itself. Huh? You look at Swiss itself. How Swiss bank got so rich is because during World War II time, uh, when, when, uh, when, when the Jews were persecuted by Nazis, uh, many of them actually 
Swiss actually say, I don't want you to come, but you can put your money with me. Mm. You can put your money in me, we'll safeguard it. And many of them end up dying. Ma. And mm. some of them end up going all the way to somewhere else and they forgot the password and Swiss holds all this money. Ma. That's why they're very, very rich. Ma. Yeah. So are, are, they, are they rich? The fellow who forgot the password, are, are they rich? <laughs> they're, they're not rich. Mm. So, no no un- unclaimed money. Correct. So, yeah. so my point is this, right? Ultimately, when you want money, you're not wanting money for the sake of money. You want the money to be used in wherever that you are situated in. Mm. That, that is the key point. And that is the only sovereignty every country can have. Yeah. So they can't give up their laws for you. And the moment they want to give up that, they have to give up their laws, restriction. Mm. And US is the most willing to compromise country, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. They are the most are willing, liberal. Mm. willing to compromise country. Yeah. But because of that, they are willing to keep changing parties. Mm. Yeah, so there's always this fight, Democrat, uh, Democrats, uh, Republican, fight, 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 fight. But somehow they're happy with this whole mm. system. Uh, they don't mind not having one person in power. Mm. Uh, but, but that also creates another whole episode of stuff, lah, right? So yes, is it possible to go back into gold standard as the, as the world global currency and stuff like that? Um, I personally think gold itself, uh, will it be the golden standard now, I, I think it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it's really we, not going to be easy. We have because, gone too far away. Yeah, we have gone too far away. Yeah. If, if you take the world's money together, right, and change it back, right, I don't think gold market cap can support. Mm. <laughs> not enough gold. Not enough gold to support <laughs> global, global yeah. trade and market cap. But if that cap. really happens, means gold price will sub- suddenly double, triple, quadruple. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you have an issue. You see, uh, if gold price are shoot up like crazy, 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 right? How small can you cut gold to be? Can mm. you imagine a small country like Africa somewhere in their central bank, they have one speck of dust of gold. <laughs> <laughs> and that is their, their global, their, their whole their reserve. Whole bank reserve. Hey, you, how, how are they going to pay money? Mm. You cannot cut the speck of dust of gold any smaller, do you know? Mm. How to how to play? Cannot play, you know? So that is the, the point behind it that I think that gold is going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And yes, it has all the great quality uh, of it uh, being, mm. you know, limited and stuff like that. But, but unfortunately, the world is already dependent on a printing money system, la, put it mm. this way. It, it heavily depends on multipliers, yeah, at the moment you remove multiplier from this world today mm. and go back to a deflationary asset, well, many of us are gonna go poor tomorrow. Yep. Simple as that. Yeah, all of us are gonna go poor. Mm. And so therefore, I, I wanna put into this one thing, right? Ultimately, it comes down to trade, right? Ultimately, it comes down to trade. And the biggest trade war going on right now is the tech trade war. Because is the new gold, the new oil today to a certain extent. And that's why everyone wants to win this tech race. Now, imagine this. If China, putting aside all the socialism, you know, everything all, right? Putting aside all that, okay? But if China or Russia or one country can come up and become the world dominance for business and capital market, that is when that, is when that currency could challenge Correct. But there's always this chance that you build the whole stock market there and it's built in USD. Lah. 
cause <laughs> of this, you still trust the US law and mm. regulation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, to put it in other words, it means that at this point, there is no one economy or there's no one country that is so strong, so super strong that is an outlier until it can challenge the world order today. Yep. Yes, it is starting to shift, but it is still not there yet. So therefore, we end up in this very messy situation right mm. now. Everybody trying to struggle. Everybody trying to stand out. Yep. Yeah. And But for sure, one thing. Lah, USD is weakening. Uh, US dominance is weakening. Mm. That can't be helped. But who's going to emerge as a winner? At this point, there's a lot of sound, but not real things yet. Mm. Now, things could change if there's a war. That, that's a whole different story, Eddie. Really. Yes. If there's a war, it's a whole, whole different story. Mm. Because of war, right? It's just like something, someone putting a gun on your head and... Mm. Yeah, and okay use my currency. Uh, okay no la. choice, so I have to use so. <laughs> Yeah, that's mm. like, mm, okay lah, lie lah. Yeah, <laughs> that's another, another story altogether lah. Huh? So as long as there's no war, there could be shift, but it's going to be very, very gradual. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be very, very gradual. Yeah, that, that's our personal thought. Mm. Yeah. So uh, at this point right now, we are going to open up for Q&A. Uh, and if you have any question, you can ask us. Uh, but before we move on to a Q&A, we want to actually thank our sponsor, right? Mm. Uh, to make this happen, for us to make all these videos, actually, it really takes us a lot of effort and time and a whole team to actually do it. Uh, and also even staying back and stuff like that. So today, we just uh, mentioned those, uh, those partners that help us to make this possible. Number yep. one. We have a new table. Come and show them table. our magic. Can see or not? Can see or not? <laughs> so this table is being sponsored by Nbooth. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who are interested in getting an ergonomic table, uh, do check out via the link in the description and use the code EN. E-N-Money10, E-N right? That's E-N-M-O-N-E-Y-10 yeah, for 10% exclusive uh, discount, right? So uh, their table, fantastic. Uh, love it. So far, uh, we have quite some videos there talking about it, mm -hmm. uh, like the color and so on. Now, second partner that we would like to mention is actually Atom, right? Uh, not Atom, Black Magic, right? Who actually help us by supplying us with some of the products, which is Atom Mini Pro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, can I have the box so we can show people? No. This little magic box here is what allow us to use a DSLR to do live stream. For those of you who are interested to actually do uh, live streams, uh, you can actually check out this particular product here. Uh, these days with the technology, you can have this kind of uh, TV standard high quality stuff with just like a thousand plus to 2000 ringgit. Not yeah. very expensive. It's Not very affordable expensive. if you are thinking of making good Good content, good videos. That's right. Oh, by the way, oh, so sorry, the page link is 404, is it? Uh, we'll get our guys to actually put up a proper link. I think yeah. something go wrong with the link. Yeah, so sorry. Uh, okay. Now, the next sponsor that we want to talk about is actually... IBKR, yeah. So uh, hmm. we managed to secure a partnership with Interactive Brokers. Now, as we are all talking about this, Right, uh, everyone is always talking about where to invest your money, and that's the reason why you guys watch our channel very often. Yep. Yeah, and definitely one of the best way is to invest in the US market, lah. Yeah, the yeah. largest market in the world. One we already mentioned just yeah, now. It's, it's still the US market Correct. at this point. Okay, yeah, right. and but more importantly is that at this point right now you don't want to just look at one market, but also 
something that allows you to access into different place. Mm. Like for example, yesterday during our dividend, uh, dividend investing workshop, investing workshop, we talked about this company called uh, Bersi, right? Mm. Uh, Bersi, it's actually a semiconductor company. Shot up like crazy, and then. It, has been giving good dividend, man. Mm. Yeah, and that company is actually listed in uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. So you want to have actually a broker that allows you to invest not just in the US market, but multiple markets globally. Mm. Yeah, an interactive broker is one of them. And mm. they are they have been in the market for super, super long, but they have been very, very quiet because they don't want to catch out the local regulations. Mm. Yeah. So uh, they don't come in, promote like crazy and so on. Uh, but we managed to secure a partnership with them. Uh, I believe many of you have probably heard of them before. Uh, if you are interested, you know, just click in the particular link to explore more more about interactive broker in future we will be doing some uh, probably some webinars and so on and yeah. to help you to get used to it so that you can learn how to invest in overseas market as well mm. so go and check out uh, interactive broker the link is there just click on it yeah that's a fantastic uh, one that I've been using because yeah. one of the things that I really enjoy about interactive broker is this you can buy fractional shares it means that you don't need to spend 1000 USD to buy one stock you can actually just put 50 USD and mm. buy Apple, which is actually 100 over, right? Mm. Yeah, but all you need to do is put 50 because you're not buying one whole stock, but you're buying a fraction of a stock. Yeah, so uh, go and check out Interactive Broker. Mm. So these are some of the things that we, uh, I mean, some of the companies that have been helping us to make all this possible today. So thank you to them. Yep. So let's open the time for Q&A. If you have any questions, shoot it. Oh, Renyi asks, how was the dividend workshop that you guys organized the last few days? Will you all be organizing more? I missed out on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so we we did our dividend investing workshop uh, for two days. Correct. We did a beta run. Yeah, uh, Frankie, you want to share a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, so uh, we did two days beta run uh, to try to get feedback from uh, uh, from the audience to help us to improve our syllabus, to improve our delivery, to make it more interactive and more meaningful to subsequent people who come to our classes. Uh, right, uh, but because the, because the size was very small, we only selected 20 people. Uh, then we realized that actually a lot of people tried to get in, but they couldn't. So, um, not sure, Peter, how should we go about it? Uh, we may be doing another one more beta run. Mm. Uh, why is it so? Is because, uh, as we have mentioned before, and for those who have been following us, um, we, we did not really teach much in the past. The reason being is that every time we organize a class, we actually try to get a bank to sponsor us. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but this time around, we are trying to organize something that, that don't need bank sponsorship. And also, we are revamping our whole syllabus to offer something that we believe the market needs, mm. right? And, and it's not being covered by many other people. Yeah, especially yeah. during this messy market condition that's and all right, that. That's right. And yeah. we are also bringing in some of the real investment banking kind of training, uh, thanks to Frankie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, things that he has been uh, taught back in investment banking, how they train him from a trainee mm -hmm. all the way to a senior guy there. Uh, so we're trying to bring all these things in, but but it's been challenging. So we run a few test class and uh, I think we will be running at least one more before we kickstart uh, the rest of the thing. So yep. if you are interested, just uh, let us know by sending us a DM, right? Or either mm. write one for us in the comment, then we will select people again to 
to participate. So that that's if you guys are interested. So we also want to see is there anyone else here who are interested in participating in All the right. beta class? Yeah, so if you're interested, just write one. Maybe if there are text. enough response, then I can make another Google form, then we can collect some 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 information from there. Yep, yep, that's yep. right, that's right. So uh here are some of the things. So that's pretty much about it in terms of the dividend workshop. Mm. Yeah. Uh so far the feedback we got was pretty good. Yep. Yeah, pretty good. Uh people liked it. Uh I think yes, uh over the years we have learned to get slightly better at it. Mm. But uh yeah, we have not been teaching much for one year. Mm. So more than a year. <laughs> and, so and and this time around also the the <laughs> The class is meant to be physical because mm. we thought this time around we don't to be just purely webinars. Mm. It's going to be physical. So it, it's a very different take from webinar. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, if you're interested, just write one for us in the comment and yeah, we may actually end up one, opening up one more yep. one more yeah, beta class. Okay. Uh, other, co- other questions that we have? Should the topic be Malaysian ringgit losing its power? <laughs> well, uh, we do not know. <laughs> oh, one thing powerful about Malaysian dollar is that, you know, just now we talk about all these commodities mostly traded in US dollar, da, 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 right? There's one commodity is denominated in ringgit. Man. Ah. Ah. So no matter where you are in the world, right, you must use ringgit to yes, trade. Yes. And it's a commodity that's widely and it's used. It's a commodity that every parts of the world have to use. Man. And you want to take a wild guess, right? Yeah. Put it down there in the comments. If you can guess, uh, no price for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel Malaysian consumers like you and me will be impacted by the shifting movement of government trusting one currency to the other? Ah, uh, okay, this is a very good one. So, how does all this affect Malaysia? Yeah. Where's where, where the question? Bernard Tan Wei Kiong. How okay, do how feel? do you feel Malaysian consumers like you and me will be impacted by the shifting movements of government trusting one currency to other? Uh, okay, if the government say tomorrow we are going to use Japanese yen, for example, then immediately what will happen is that you will go and check how much is one, one ringgit to Japanese yen. That is the most immediate thing that is going to happen. Number two is then we will start to pay a lot of attention to Bank of Japan to see what is their banking policy because that is going to affect how Malaysia spend our money here in Malaysia as well. Uh, so those are the two immediate things that could happen if, let's say, our government decided to swing to whatever side, lah, any mm. movement. Lah. So on the other hand, if your question is positioned towards during this time when everything is very messy, how does that affect Malaysia? The answer is it's going to open a lot of opportunities. Actually, in fact, this whole global messiness currently uh, makes it a very good opportunity for Malaysia as a country to grow. Because right now, if you look at this whole situation... China-Russia is looking for best friends. Mm. Uh, US is looking for best friends. Mm. So you are sitting in a position where they want to come and find you and make you their best friend. So do you think it's good for you? Yeah. Mm. So, but okay, so if we decided which friend to be friend with, then uh, we will be somehow influenced by their policies or so. That's uh, right. So uh, as we can see lately... Um, China is uh, looks like it's pretty much a good friend. Mm. <laughs> Very good friend. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ayman Amiruddin asks, what are your thoughts on Malaysia's decision to abandon dollar? Okay. To put it more accurately, Malaysia never say they are going to abandon dollar. Yes. Yes. They, we just say we want to set up a new body, new agency 
called That's Asian right. Monetary Fund. That's right. It's kind of like today, if you open, you already own a mama shop and you're going to open another mama shop at the end of the road. Did you say that you're going to abandon your old mama shop? No, you never say. You just say that I'm going to open another mama shop at the end of the road. That's all. Mm. Yeah. So you have to take this kind of statement as is. You can't just say the other way like that. Uh, it is, uh, if you are the PM, then you'll get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So luckily you're not a PM. Mm. <laughs> the trade war between us and China will result the price of consumer goods to be more expensive because of the tra- tariff slap on. Uh, in a way, not really. I think that indirectly it could because of supply chain issues, mm-hmm. but it is not like it's not like a direct effect. La. It's more of an indirect effect. Mm. I think global inflation is actually the more pressing issue that affects us. Mm. Yeah. Any thoughts on that or we move on to the next yeah, question? Yeah, we move on to the next question. Okay. With global demographic aging in China by far age the fastest, how will this affect future trade? Oh, that's a very, very good question. So Frankie, what do you think? Uh, wait a uh. Where are you? Okay. Global demographic. Uh, it's already on the screen. Oh, with global demo. Uh, sorry, can you put with up the global question? demographic aging and China by far age the fastest? How will it affect future trades? Uh, the fact is yes, global demographic is aging. That means to say the whole world is getting old. It's not just uh China alone. So um, how, how will it affect future trade? I think it will change the economy in terms of what kind of products and services that the world is going to demand. Just give you one example, right? Japan. I was about to say, just look at Japan. <laughs> uh, yeah, Japan. It's a very, very old population country. And if you look at their economy, it's very different from China, right? In China, you talk about video games, you talk about drones, you talk about electric scooter and all these kind of things. You go to Japan, you watch their TV commercial and see, they talk about adult diapers, they talk <laughs> about wheelchair, they talk about supplement, you know, these kind of things. So uh, how does it affect future trades? I think it's more about how does it affect the economy that will in turn change businesses to, pro- to produce certain kind of goods and services. So uh, what are your thoughts on US debt ceiling? Uh, Next thing here is, I think personally, US debt ceiling is definitely an issue uh, because right now, but it's not going to affect us so much in my own opinion. But what happens is that it's going to spiral. Yeah. So what do I mean by it's going to spiral? Because if you actually look at currently the global scenario is, uh, they are still going to maintain dominance for at least a long while. uh, But as their power slowly chip away and their value start sliding, then they may not be able to make repayments that well. So mm. if that happens, the first thing that get affected is actually their bonds, lah, as we know it. Mm. Yeah. So that's the area that you want to be a little bit more careful. But because you're not in the US, uh, chances are what happens is that they will, uh, in order to raise money to meet these debts, they'll either issue more bonds or either they're going to raise taxes. But in a way, it's going to be very indirect. We don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, but at the same time, they can still print more money as usual, right? Because they're still in global dominance. But it's gonna slowly spiral into a difficult place, lah. So that's why they are they have to clinch on to the trade. 
if they don't clinch on to the trade, they're going to be in trouble. That's why they need to start onshoring their manufacturing. Yeah, that, that's the whole idea. They need to reshore their manufacturing. Because if they don't reshore manufacturing, then they've got nothing to play, then it's going to be difficult for them. Mm. So that's the whole idea that uh, I, my, my thoughts about it. Lah. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Frankie? Anything else you want to add on? Uh, okay, so the debt ceiling is already there. I think they have, if I'm not mistaken, until June to make a decision whether they want to raise the ceiling or not. Now, so in US scenario is that you put ceiling also is like no ceiling like that. Because every time they hit the ceiling, they're going to change it upwards. If they don't change it upwards, the whole government is going to collapse. So chances are, I think they are going to increase the ceiling. But by doing so means that the US government will be even more indebted they will be even more dependent on their own currency. And if they lose dominance in their currency, that means they will be in deeper trouble. So those are the consequences that, or rather that, that, that is the path that it seems that US is going into. Yeah. So the danger is actually this, as we have mentioned. Mm. Uh, if all countries goes into a very desperate move, then if they become so desperate that they feel that might as well we just have a war, Ah, so that's this is the danger. The, that's yeah. where the biggest risk is, lah. Yeah. So because let's put it in this way: if, 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 if US debt becomes out of control, mm. now control not as in going up, but as in they can't repay and they're gonna default. Mm. They're gonna go bankrupt. If that's the case, right? If they go bankrupt, there's no difference from them gonna have a war and fight. Yeah. Then what's gonna happen? Uh, that mm-hmm. is actually the real danger there. Yeah. But hopefully everyone is logical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the hope. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and yeah, that's something out of our control. So we always believe that uh, do what you can control. Mm. That's all about it. Yeah. yeah. So how will Malaysian ringgit regain its shine with two ringgit and 50 cent per USD? Uh, I think if we too fast reach there, not good lah. Not good. Immediately, <laughs> all our exporters will suffer. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. cannot sell their goods. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> yeah. So suffer. So forget mm. about it. Yeah. yeah. So next thing is... Um, is there any... Oh, okay. Does world currency war has begun? Are changes coming after all this year and what will US government will do to react? Oh, I think we can't like answered the question already, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's all about it for tonight in terms mm. of the questions that's being asked. Um, maybe what you can do is, Frankie, is there any last things that you want to share with people? Uh, okay. I think the world right now has come to this position whereby we are having imbalance of power and world peace can only be achieved if there's balance in power. So, what do I mean by that is that when, when you know that there is one person that is so strong that you know if you want to go and fight with him, you sure lose one. That's balance of power because you know you don't want to go and challenge him. But if everyone is around the same, eh, maybe I can try and perhaps I could win. This is called imbalance of power and there will be people who say that, eh, since maybe I can do it, right? why not try? Because I got nothing to lose. And if they try, if they pull the trigger, then it's going to trigger down to every single person in the world. So, uh, in my opinion, what I'm trying to look for is hopefully, if they want to fight quickly, one superpower come out and say, hey, I'm so strong that you don't come and catch out. 
okay, then world peace already. So that is what I hope to see. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, what we hope to see is to, to not have a war. Yeah. And the king is determined. Mm. Uh, it's just like how US won the trade, uh, won the Cold War in Russia. Mm. Yeah, it's just, okay, I know I cannot fight you. Might as well we just don't fight. Mm. Like that. Correct. Yeah, so, so that's your best scenario that's going to happen. Uh, okay, suddenly people start asking a lot of, uh, a lot of questions again. Uh, since we have a little bit of time, let's just answer all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Oran Falcon asks, why does US print money the most during COVID, but their money appreciate the most compared to everyone else? And number two, why US can increase interest rates so fast and everyone else can't? This is a very good question. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take that or? Yeah, I yeah, can. Uh, yes, the US printed a lot of money during COVID to uh, sustain the economy. Uh, and that's why during that time, actually, US dollar was super cheap. Yes. Remember at one point cheap. during COVID time, uh, USD actually dropped. Yeah, and then a lot yeah. of people were like very happy buying stuff. Yes. And the reason why it is appreciating now is because the US government tried to pull back all this uh, oversupply of US dollar by increasing the interest rate. Now, just now I mentioned already when, when US increased interest rate, you will be attracted to save your money in US dollar FD because it pays you more. Man. So therefore, as more and more people demand for US dollar, the currency appreciates. No? Mm, that's mm. right. So uh, why other people, other countries cannot respond so fast? Uh, actually, no. Other countries also can respond fast. In but fact, it's just everyone that, is responding yeah, to US. But it's just that you have a little bit more consideration, right? Mm. Uh, because you are sitting at the reactive position. For example, in the US, they already made all their decision, think about it very long, you don't know they want to increase and suddenly they start announcing they may increase. But they already did all their homework. Eh? Mm. They know what's going to happen. Eh? They weighed out all the pros and cons. Eh? Then only they announce. Okay? <laughs> but once they announce, then only countries like uh, us and Singapore have to respond and say, okay, do we increase or not? Yeah. And how much do we increase? Then we need one... So we'll be lagging behind by at least one term, maybe one month, maybe two months. Mm. If you see Singapore, they respond very fast. Eh? Very, very fast. Mm. US Jalan, they Jalan very, very fast also. Mm-hmm. So uh, Malaysia, a bit slow. The reason being is because uh, for us also, we have, a, we, have, we have a lot of things to consider. Like for example, if Malaysia were to increase our, our interest rate fast during that time, yes, ringgit will be strengthened, but many of you are going to fuck out a lot more for your loan. Mm. That, that's real. Yeah, I know some people say, that, oh, that's nonsense, uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, there are other better solutions like increase the income and so on. But I got a feeling you are going to pay your loan more faster than your income increasing. La. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, your house so, loan is going to increase. Your credit yeah. card loan is going to increase. Everything's going to go Your up. income is probably, even if government roll yeah. out a law and say, okay, we're going to increase income. And that, that's exactly what they did. They say, increase the gaji minima. Mm. Right? That, that's what they did. They move it to 1005 and what everyone say, everyone make noise. Say cannot. So, so what? Like mm. so, it's it's two sides also gonna be difficult. So for Malaysia, the only way is to slow down the increase. Yeah, I mean during that time, it was like government parties were fighting against each other lah. But very simple what you see right now, PH is in power right. Uh, you uh, I mean unity government is in power right. Do they keep raising the interest rate? They also don't work. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there's no good solution. It is still about the people, right? Yeah. So that's that's the point there. And uh, like we said, like US is willing to sacrifice their people. Remember earlier we said that? Mm. Yeah. Malaysia not so willing. Yeah. Which, which is good. Which is actually a good thing. Okay? Yeah. Now, the next thing is this. Did the current BNM government make a mistake by not increasing interest rate 3.25? Uh, yeah, we already answered the question just now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
Ah, I think this is something that Frankie should be answering because you have been telling us this for the past few days. Right. Can oil change <clears throat> everything with Saudi and the number of OPEC countries shift from petrodollar? Many countries are following this step. So this has been the hot topic that you have in your uh, yeah. fuck group, right? FAQ group. Yes, yeah. correct. So maybe you want to shed some light on this matter. Yeah, so this whole week is about oil, right? Uh, and uh, last Sunday, not OPEC plus group itself, uh, a few members within OPEC, uh, OPEC plus decided to cut oil supply by 1.6 million barrels per day. Now, what does that mean is that because there is a string in the output, prices will go up, oil price will go up. When oil price goes up, everything depends on oil, on, uh, oil and gas, am I right? So inflation is going to kick in. Now, remember the US and the rest of the world is fighting very hard to bring down inflation. But you have these a few outliers that say that, hey, <laughs> I suddenly decide to, to cut supply and bring up oil, oil, oil prices. So there are these few naughty boys there trying to play a different game. <laughs> which makes the rest of the world headache, right? So that creates another question, but partly is also political, right? Because all these naughty boys, right? They are trying to play a different game with other big boys and say, hey, you know, maybe my sandbox is nicer, more interesting. You use my money to play. Cheaper. <laughs> ah, cheaper. You come here and play. You don't play there. Okay, well, I follow you. And, 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 and all these people control a lot of oil as uh, natural resources in their country. So that is the problem that we are facing right now. Uh, at, mm. at least this one week. Uh. That's right. Mm. So uh, ultimately, I guess the thing is this. We are sitting in a very, very weird position right now. Uh, that's mm. why we say it's messy. You know, uh, messy water, we say. Mm, messy water. <laughs> messy <laughs> water. Yeah, so uh, we can only see where it goes along the way. But every country seems to have right now start to look at their own interests rather than listening to who's the taiko. Mm. Yeah, so that is why you are seeing all these things. Mm. I, I bet when when our PM announced the Asian monetary thing, US probably gave him a call already. All right. <laughs> hey, 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 what are you hey, trying to hey, do? Uh, <laughs> what's this? Uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> very high chance, uh, very high chance. Mm. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Ah, I think this one is a very interesting one. Uh, we'll just answer one last question. Uh, okay, huh? sure. Yeah. Can you comment on what does the bank do when their long-dated bond exposure are underwater when the Fed increases interest rate? Okay, so first thing, right? This one is a very good question. Uh, mm. But before we answer the question, right, uh, I want to say this one thing. Uh, that's why when you want to invest in stocks, it's very important that you understand stock by sectors, right? Uh, and when you understand stock by sectors, you understand how things work because mm. every single sector has a different way of valuating and respond very differently when market changes. Mm. Yeah, and, and actually, that is one of the kind of... Um, Thing we want to we want to be able we want to, to include in our new new yeah, content that's new right. workshop content so syllabus. yeah just to share that with you guys mm. so uh, Frankie you wanna talk about this briefly okay. because I yeah. believe it's actually super long answer if you wanna go in depth uh, yeah so it just, can be a one whole day even <laughs> just briefly <laughs> okay so short answer is actually rationally you don't need to do anything because it's a bond ma. bond bond guarantees to pay you back at the end of the tenure plus the interest rate. So technically, you don't need to do anything, right? And that was exactly what SVB Bank should do. They shouldn't do anything. They should just leave it at the end of the tenor. They get back their money, fine. The only thing that, that will affect them is they will get lesser profit 
because they could have used the money to buy another bond which gives them high mm. interest rate, but it's fine. The problem is because there was a bank run, everybody come and withdraw money at the same time. They got no choice because they're not liquid enough, right? So therefore they need to sell the bonds to, to recoup the money to give back all these depositors. Now when they sell, you realize the loss. That's where the problem is. Yeah, it's kind of like, let's say you invested in Top Glove last year and in your mind right now, you don't mind holding it because it's just paper loss, right? Mm. Yeah, but suddenly you're, you, went, you go to hospital and you don't have insurance and you realize that you need to spend money on treatment. So you need to withdraw the money. Mm. Yeah, so you have no choice but to withdraw but the to money. But to realize the loss. Yeah, so then you end up have to realize the loss. Oh? Mm. Yeah, so uh, that's about it. And to answer the last question actually is about the commodity because we brought it up, but we haven't answered that yet. Return. Yeah? What commodity is traded in Malaysian ringgit? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, because most of you gave the right answer, so I forgot already. Yes, yeah. the answer is actually palm oil. Palm oil is traded in Malaysian ringgit. So, so, so here's where I have a question, right? Yeah. yeah. Why palm oil is traded in Malaysian ringgit, not Indonesia? <laughs> hmm. Have you thought about it? Uh, oh, uh, in technical terms, it's because we have, uh, we have a partnership with the Chicago uh, Commodity Exchange. So we have that partnership. So we say, hey, I want to put my product over there and this product will be denominated in ringgit. So that is the technical side of things, lah, but... Other reasons, there could be other reasons which <laughs> I don't know. Huh. So it's really interesting, right? Yeah, really part. interesting. Yeah, because actually Indonesia is actually a bigger palm oil producer. Yes, correct. Yeah. We are just number two. We are We're not number, number one. But we own the currency for trading of mm. palm oil. Yeah. So uh, I guess in a way it tells that we are actually better friends with US. Mm. <laughs> so that's all about it for tonight. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so one last thing before we go is this, right? Uh, if you are interested to join us in another beta round of Dividend Investing Workshop, please type one in the comment. And one last word is to thank our partners once again and Booth for sponsoring us the table, Blackmagic for helping us with the equipment. Uh, and lastly, for those of you who are interested in trading in US stocks and global market, do check out Interactive Broker because mm. they are definitely one of the most secure players in the market. Yeah, uh, That's why it's also slightly more complicated to get on board and they are actually regulated in Singapore for those of you who are actually asking. Mm. Yeah, so uh, literally, yeah, one of the safest regulation around Singapore. So mm. you can walk down to see, I mean, not walk down, but drive down <laughs> to Singapore, right? Yeah. You can literally go and visit their officers and so on. Correct. Kind of thing, right? So it is safe. Uh, go and check out Interactive Broker. Uh, but lastly, have a good night. Enjoy yourself. Yep. And see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.